I'm Edward Sree, and welcome to All Things Catholic, where real faith meets real life. Did you know that right now there's a battle going on for your mind, for how you look at reality? Who are you? What is life all about? What brings happiness? What is true success? What is love? Who is God? These are some of the most fundamental questions in life. And yet the secular world is doing everything it can to get you to look at these things a certain way, while Jesus Christ offers a very different view. Which one will you adopt? How do you make sure you're not conformed to the secular world and that you are a true disciple of Jesus in our secular age? That's what we're going to be looking at in today's podcast. I want to talk about the battle for your mind. And here, my friends, I'm reminded of what the early Christians would have gone through. I mean, think about this. If you were a Christian in pagan Rome, what you would have to face, what you would have been up against. I mean, imagine you grew up in a pagan family, you had pagan friends, you lived a pagan lifestyle, and then one day you hear the preaching of Peter and Paul, you're inspired and you're motivated by the witness of the Christians you're meeting, and you decide to become baptized and become a Christian and, and live the Christian life. And, and now all of your friends and family are looking at you and saying, you're weird. How come you're not coming with us to those parties anymore? How come you're living a chaste life now? And you don't want to come to the Colosseum for all these fun entertainments anymore? You know, you wouldn't get a lot of support from your family and friends, likely, if you were a Christian in pagan Rome. Do you ever feel that way today? You want to live your Catholic faith to the fullest. And sometimes you've got friends and family and co-workers that look at you like, wow, he's strange. Or well, how come you're, you've changed? How come you're not like you used to be? And, and you don't get a lot of support and encouragement from your employer, from your secular world, from Hollywood. Uh, it's just that there's not a lot of encouragement for living the Christian faith in a secular age. Now, St. Paul offered a piece of advice to those early Christians in Rome. One crucial piece of advice that I want to share with you here today. And it's so important if you want to make sure you are not conformed to this world. It's all about forming your mind. Do you make it a priority to form your mind with the truth? Listen to what St. Paul says in Romans 12 too. He says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of of your mind. So forming your mind, intellectual faith formation was so important for St. Paul. He said, this is crucial. If you want to live your faith in the midst of a, of a pagan world, you've got to make it a priority to form your mind. And some of you may be thinking, well, you know, can I just go pray a lot and just go to mass? Isn't that enough? Well, don't get me wrong. That's really important. But if you take a look at what the Bible says are the four key habits of a disciple, Intellectual faith formation is one of those crucial habits. You can read about those habits, by the way, in Acts 2.42. When you read about the earliest disciples of Jesus, what did they devote themselves to? They dedicated themselves to prayer and to the sacraments, of course, and to fellowship with one another. But the fourth key habit was forming their minds with the teachings of Jesus Christ as handed on through the apostles and the church. They made the formation of their mind a top priority. And we want to do the same if we want to live as disciples in the midst of our secular world today. So I want to give you two practical things that you can do. Two key things to be transformed by the renewal of your mind. First of all, let's be careful 
about what we take in from the secular world. You know, many times we could just say, oh, I just watch this show, or I just listen to this music, or, you know, I, I like to look at this website, and it doesn't really affect me. There are many Christians that go to Mass every Sunday. They may even participate in a Bible study, but they fill the rest of their week with shows and movies and songs and images and videos that undermine their faith. Uh, and, and so the good things that could be happening from the Mass and, and from their small group study, the, the fruit that could be born is hindered because of what they're taking in from the secular world. Now, the issue here, I want to be very clear. It's not that it's not as if you know just looking at something that's not explicitly religious is a bad thing. That's not the problem here. The problem is that so many times the the, the what the secular world is presenting to us is is opposed to what Jesus Christ teaches. Uh, think about this. What does our secular world tell us about? how to find meaning in life. Where are you going to find your happiness? Where are you going to find a successful life? What, what, what does our secular world say makes you successful and makes you happy? What does our secular world, what does Hollywood say about what love is? What is sex? What is beauty? What is marriage? What does our secular world tell us about money and possessions and clothing? You know, think about this. What, what the world is telling us, it's not just that these are not religious images. <laughs> it's that they actually, what the world says about these things it goes against what Jesus tells us about them. We want to weigh the things of this world the way Jesus would. We want to value them the way Jesus would. We want to look at them the way Jesus would. So what we put in our mind really matters. Now, again, I know there's some of you that may be thinking, oh, I, it doesn't affect me. It's not that big of a deal if I watch the show or listen to this. You know, it, it doesn't really affect me. But that would be very naive. You know, we just had the Super Bowl recently, and we have the Olympics going on right now. And there are these large corporations that spend millions and millions of dollars to get a 30-second advertisement uh, on these uh, on these athletic uh, events on TV. And, and they're not naive. They're not stupid. They know that that if they can put a certain image before you for 30 seconds, a certain message before you, a certain sound before you for just 30 seconds, it will affect you. They know that. And, and we would be very naive to think, oh, it doesn't affect me. Uh, and, and so just some basic theology here about the human person. You know, so just one-on-one level theology here is that we're given a mind an intellect, we have a will, and we have our passions and our appetites and our emotions, right? And so what we put in our mind starts to change us. It's, it shapes the way we look at reality, what we perceive as good and true and beautiful. And so it begins to affect our desires. We start to desire certain things. We want to run after certain things, pursue certain things in our life. So that's why we want to be careful about what we're taking in from the secular world. Uh, I'm reminded of, for example, the Da Vinci Code fiasco that took place many years ago. Do you remember that? That famous book by Dan Brown called The Da Vinci Code. They made a movie out of it with Tom Hanks. And this book had all these elaborate theories about how to find the real Jesus, not through reading the Gospels of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, 
But these other Gospels called the Gnostic Gospels, like the Gospel of Mary Magdalene, the Gospel of Thomas, and these Gospels were earlier. They were more original, more authentically presenting the real historical Jesus, but they were suppressed by the mean Christian Catholic Church later on. And and many people started wondering, wow, maybe I should read those Gospels instead. And, and, And Dan Brown was proposing ideas that maybe Jesus was married to Mary Magdalene. And and I met hundreds of people, intelligent, smart people, successful in their careers, that were completely duped by what Dan Brown was offering, the Da Vinci Code. And I remember giving many presentations on the Da Vinci Code in those years and saying this. I'd said, you know, if we Catholics just knew the basics of our faith, if we made it a priority to form our minds with the truth— I mean, I'm not talking about getting a master's degree or anything, but just the basics. If we just knew the ABCs of the Bible, if we just knew the ABCs of church history, the ABCs of the catechism, we wouldn't have gotten angry about the Da Vinci Code. We would have just started laughing (laughs) because we would have said, really? Dan Brown thinks that the Gnostic Gospels were earlier? Are you kidding me? There's no evidence for that. Or Dan Brown thought Mary Magdalene was married to Jesus? Really? There's not a shred of evidence there. And yet millions of people were duped by Dan Brown because they did not know the basics of early Christian history, the Bible and the Christian faith. We want to know the basics. Let's make it a priority to form our minds. You know, I I also think about how Uh, Just to give you another example here, I I work with many young adults and college students and I've heard from them, you know, when I teach on theology of the body about how many times they are influenced by what the secular world teaches about sex. And they'll they'll say to me, they'll say, Dr. Shree, I know the truth. I know that we're we're not supposed to have premarital sex. I know that. But sometimes I I second guess myself. Uh, I've had many young adults admit this to me. They say, you know, uh, when when I, I look at all the beautiful love stories in Hollywood, you know, they, they always end with the lovers in bed with each other. And so I, I, I wonder if maybe I'm missing out on something because I don't sleep with my boyfriend before we're married. And, and, and these are good, devout Christians, but struggling inside because of all of what they're taking in from Hollywood and the view of love and sex that's there. So don't think that these things don't affect us. They really do. We've got to be careful about what we take in. Let us not be conformed to this world. But as St. Paul says, let's be transformed by the renewal of our minds. And so let's be careful about what we take in. That's the first main point. Second main point is then let's be proactive and fill our minds with good stuff. We've got to fill our, we can't just say no to bad things. We've got to fill our minds with the truth, fill our minds with, with good things. And here I'm reminded of a great scene in Tolkien's book, The Hobbit. Remember The, the Hobbit? Maybe you've read the book or you've seen the movies, but there's this great moment. When Bilbo Baggins, he's on this epic journey to go to the lonely mountain to fight the the evil dragon Smog, and he's with his companions, the dwarves, and they're going through the dark forest called Mirkwood, and they get lost. They're off the path, and and they're they're just discouraged, and it's dark, and it's asphyxiating in the in this forest, and they're really down. But then Bilbo has his wits about him, and he decides he's going to climb a tree. He climbs a tree, and he climbs to the top, and for the first time. 
time in many days he can see the clear blue sky and he can look backward and see where he came from to see where he was. He could get a better sense of where he is now. And then he looks forward and his eyes get a glimpse of his destination, where he's going, the lonely mountain. I love that moment because it reminds us of how we want to climb trees. In our secular world, if we want to be faithful disciples, we must climb trees. What do I mean by that? We have to take time to rise above the darkness of our secular age and fill our minds with the truth. We have to remember the highest truths, the most important truths that are some of the most basic truths. But we should always remember where we came from. We should look backwards. Remember, we came from God. We're not just here by chance, but God freely created us. He didn't have to, but just out of sheer goodness, he brought us into existence because he loves us and wants to share his love with us. My life has meaning. He has a purpose for me. I've got to remember that in moments where things aren't going well, in moments of struggle, moments of discouragement, I have to remember the truth. God made me. I'm beloved in his sight. He has a plan. He has a purpose for me. And that gives meaning to my life now, but also reminds me of where I'm going. I need to look ahead and see that I'm made for heaven. I'm made to be with him forever, that this world is not my home. My home is in heaven. This is just, I'm on a pilgrimage through this world. And so while I might enjoy certain goods and pleasures and comforts in this world, I should never let these things distract me from my most noble purpose, which is for God. Do I keep these truths before me, where I came from, where I'm going, so that it can guide me where I am right now? Do I bring those highest truths before my minds regularly? I'm going to give you three practical ways to do this. How do we climb trees? How do I do simple intellectual formation? I'm not talking about getting a master's degree. I'm not talking about, you know, you know, reading intense academic books. If you want to do those things, that's great. I'd love to talk to you about that. I got some good schools to recommend for you. But but I, I, I want to just talk about the average disciple. There are three simple things every ordinary Christian can do to feed their mind with good things, to climb trees like Bilbo. What are those three things? First of all, take time to read a good book. It's wonderful that you listen to a podcast or maybe you watch EWTN or listen to Catholic radio, but there's the impact a good book can have is profound. Find a good book about the faith. Take time to read it. Maybe that's a wonderful thing to do this Lent. I'm going to give you a second recommendation. That's read the life of a saint. Pick a saint you're very interested in that you're inspired by because if you can read a beautiful life, a life lived to the fullest, that's a life of a saint. That will inspire you. You'll, you'll have before your mind you'll, always a reminder, this is what life is really all about. This is what's really most important. When I see what Therese dedicated herself to, or when I see what a martyr gave up for the faith, it reminds me of what's truly most important in life. Uh, so read a good book, read a life of a saint, and then there's two basic texts that every Christian should be familiar with, and that's the Bible and the Catechism. If you haven't gone through the four Gospels, Lent is a great time to do that. Get to know Jesus better. Read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Read the Bible. Uh, or read the Catechism. If you feel like, you know, there's areas of the Catholic faith I don't really know well, like Catholic social teaching or the virtues or the life of prayer or the sacraments, take time to read sections of the Catechism to help feed your mind with the truth. Those are three simple things 
every ordinary Christian can do. Read a good book about the faith, read a life of a saint, or read the Bible and the catechism. Pick one of those, maybe here for Lent, to try to go after to feed your mind. Well, my dear friends, I hope you've been fed well by this podcast, and I am going to ask you, if you have not yet written a review, please do so. A shout out to the many listeners who've written a review on iTunes. I'm so grateful for you doing that. If you haven't had a chance to do that, please do so, and then please subscribe and share this with a friend. If you have any questions about this idea of intellectual formation, or if you have any questions about the Catholic faith as a whole, you can always contact me through Facebook or Twitter, or or you could reach out to me on my website, edwardsree.com. Thanks for listening, and God bless.